Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. Today we're talking about the Wheel of Time RPG. The Wheel of Time RPG. Why or, you ask? Or make one. <laughs> or make one. The show came out recently. Right on. Uh, I don't know what it's Amazon Prime. Okay, so the series has come out. Obviously, that's going to drum up interest of people who may not have heard of the Wheel of Time and are gamers. And then there's those old gamers who had already known about the Wheel of Time and know about the previous incarnation of the Wheel of Time RPG. So we're just, I want to discuss... The previous incarnation? I thought you told me there was only one incarnation. There's only one, right. So okay. previous means two? Previous implies that there's, there's a new one. one. Well, no, not really. I mean, oh, sorry. No, there's only one. So with the new series out, I think it's going to jump some interest in possibly, especially gamers, of possibly wanting to play in that world, in that setting. And like I said, there was in 2001, which is actually early on, 2001, Wheel of Time was made by Wizards of the Coast. And it's made with the 3.0 system? Yeah, 3.0. Third edition that just came out in 2000. So less than a year later, they already had a Wheel of Time uh, full color, really nice looking book. And they called it, you know, that was their first, it might have been their first incarnation of the D20 or unveiling of the D20 system, as, as they, they called it. It's not quite that in that the same fever of the D20 times when everything and everybody was producing something. This was a high quality project. It was by Wizards of the Coast. So it's a little different than all these other smaller companies who were vying for a bit of the D20 money by coming up with all kinds of expansion books, rule books, setting books, and all this other stuff that came out during the D20 craze. Robert Jordan was actually a creative consultant with Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, he wrote the forward to it, too. And if you don't know, Robert Jordan is the one that wrote the Wheel of Time books. And if you haven't read the Wheel of Time books, you probably should. (laughs) Well, Jolene has read the Wheel of Time a few times now. I forget how many times. I think I'm on my sixth time right now. Obviously, she likes the series, and it's not in a small feat because there is 13, 14 books in that series. I forget how many. And they get longer each book. Yes, that's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah, so he, did, he was involved. That's right, because he did write the forward, and he did play D&D. He played D&D with his, kid, his grandkids or his kids. No, no, his, sons and his, his son and his friends. And also, in the introduction of that book, he, he reveals that he was a dungeon master, master for that's what I'm talking D&D. About. Yeah, for his son. Yeah. Uh, Robert Jordan was. And so he was particularly brutal, uh, according to his uh, own child uh, admission. Oh. He said that he w- played by the book, and if the characters died, they died. There was no fudging of the rules and no fudging dice. And I thought it was an interesting uh, way to play since third edition definitely made it harder for PCs to die. There was you could go to negative 10, I believe, and all this other stuff. And there was ways of trying to save people. I think uh, he played probably uh, original, uh, I mean, AD&D, if not, I don't know how old. Yeah, he was pretty old. So he probably played original D&D and then Advanced and Dragons or Second Edition, one of those three. And because uh, Third Edition had just came out. So that, that, is, that is interesting that I, I forgot that he had been a consultant in the, in the rules of that game. So the, the system wasn't really, didn't catch on, right? Uh, the books, I bought them because I liked The Wheel of Time. I was a fan of the, sh- of the, sh- another show, of the, of the books. And I thought it'd be interesting to try to play in that world, even though as difficult as it is, because it seems like it's a story about 
the person being born, the dragon, and who's either going to conquer the world or destroy it or, or make it better or whatever. So that's a huge story. And then I guess the idea was that you could either play in that world and kind of follow along or work on your own uh, side quests and stuff. But uh, anyway, I know I think I played it once at a con and the lady who ran the game was obviously a fan but she didn't know anything about the rules. And I think she might have admitted that, or that she only played the D&D a little bit, but hers was more of a tale of being immersed in that world. Did she use the main characters? or no. Okay. Yeah, so, so the thing... Uh, I remember Saul buying the book right. when it came out, and I, and I remember him going, oh, I'll, I'll run it for you if you want me to play it. And I, and I thought, well, it's the same thing Morgan, if you're listening, <laughs> as the Lord of the Rings. It's one of those right. worlds that I'm not sure that I want people messing around with, right? Because I like the lore, the canon, whatever. So the idea of people tromping around in it, to me, always seems a little bit, I don't know, not right, because you might mess up something. But then I've played in the Lord of the Rings now, the or, or the One Ring with these guys that kept badgering me to do it so i had a lot of fun except i we did meet bilbo and i didn't like the way that <laughs> turned out so well that's you know everybody has their own interpretation of what what would transpire if you met these these particularly these really famous characters and from the books so that, that's what i think that um i find it i thought it would be really hard to play an adventure right. in the wheel of time because but now that I've played in the One Ring. I can see that it is possible to do it without messing around with the involving canon the or characters. yeah, involving the main characters. From the books. The other thing I thought would be harder for the Wheel of Time is the, the use of the One Power because it's not necessarily like a sorcerer or, or a, uh, a magician, right? It's a, an innate ability that, well, I guess sorcerers kind of have innate abilities, yeah. but it's like pulling power out of the of the universe right and redirecting it and i didn't know exactly how that would work but now that they've made the series and they actually show you on screen i kind of got i go oh, that's a good way to show it i really like the way they did it so now i could see that i mm. could see it well there's always a problem with something that's in a book and then translate to a system that you already play like dungeons and dragons and thinking, how are they going to handle like that? The one power, how is that going to work? And I think a sorcerer fits really well. But there's also the idea that this now this this is I should have said this is a spoiler-free episode. I'm not we're not going to talk about what happens in the books. But there's some stuff that you should know that basically, as you watch the show, they're going to tell you about because they need to. Inform, give you information about the You mean the, the show or the books? You said the Either books. Way. The oh, books okay. or the show. So w w the idea that, that you had about the sorcerer being a good uh, version of a channeler, they call them channelers, or I think they call them channelers. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's a very interesting way that they do it because, because one, the only people who can channel safely are women. The men who channel, who are, work with magic, let's just call it that, they go, they go slowly go crazy because they use that power. Not necessarily slowly. Sometimes they go crazy right Quickly. away. <laughs> right. Well, it, it all depends, right? For story elements, it's, it depends. And I don't remember how they handled it in the third edition book because it's been years since I looked at it. 
It's still sitting on my shelf. I even bought the, a supplement that came out with it called Prophecy of the Dragon, which that's an interesting, uh, that is an interesting campaign. But the idea that they, have, they would have to introduce an element of something different to deal with that story line in the books that channelers, women can channel and not, not suffer from mental uh, degradation and men who channel either slowly or for i would think in the book in the not in the books in the game it would have to be slowly if you played a male channeler because unless it was going to be a, a one shot and you died right away or oh, something oh, or you went mad or you went mad at yeah. yeah also so, just so yeah. women that can channel they will most likely die if they're not trained unless they're like a healer kind of channeling and figure it out on their own because sometimes the women that can channel don't know they can channel they're yeah, usually I think the, they're about they can wisdom or the out. mother or whatever people that heal people well i think the wisdom okay so wisdom is like a, the the, the a local healer, healer yeah. of the village right and the idea behind them is probably that they don't try to do too much one i don't think they believe that they're channeling two i think they believe that they're just using herbs and and homeopathic type of stuff to heal people and they may have some sort of mystical talent but i think that's kind of pushed back or pushed down in, in the in the village's eyes because people don't like people who ch who who use magic. Well, if you think about Robert Jordan is from uh, South, South, Carolina. South Carolina, Charleston, and if it's like having the the wise woman or the person who actually you used to go to to get healed before before doctors or that's a long time ago. Yeah, but he was born in forty eight or something like that. Oh. So. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. Uh, and they didn't like those people either. I mean, they they were scared of them, right? Right. Okay. So there's all kinds of things in the in the world of real time. I mean, the guy wrote. Well, before he passed away, he wrote twelve books. I think a lot of it is just a lot of lore is being doled out, and a lot of information is being given out, and a lot a lot of it is description. But there is a lot of stuff to introduce, and or the way he introduces it. So for for playing of the game, I don't think you really know have to give that information dump because you could play somebody who's from a from a village like the main characters in this book they're from this place called the two rivers or Edmondsfield. Edmondsfield. and they're basically out in the hinterland nothing happens out there they don't see they don't usually see strangers uh stuff like that the only people they see on a regular basis that's not from the village is like a, like a, peddler. a peddler or a merchant of some sort so you could be from one of those and not know a lot, just know something about the village. But the world is huge and has varied cultures and different politics. He has all kinds of different places to come from and to to be a part of. Depending on the character you make and where they come from, I think it you know depends on how much lore you want to get steeped in. It's like any um, it's like Star Wars or Star Trek. Okay. When you're playing with, if you're gonna if you're gonna run a game like that especially like if you're going to run it at a convention or something, you'll probably run into people who know it probably better than you do. Maybe me. Yes. Well, I'm not, I'm not me a, too. I'm and I've read the fan. books a lot of times. And, but I remember back in the nineties uh. when we were still on AOL, that the, there were boards of people that were total fans, fans yes. fanatics. Yes. And they were right in, in the, like as they were, a character in the yes in the they world. were part of they were an acidai or they were a warder or yeah. they were it was it was just a little over the top for me but so there's there's obviously people it's just like any other uh, genre right 
True. Yeah. 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 So especially if you're talking about a world that or a game that takes place in a in a in a world that's already been built up, written about, or like a film. I think that's uh, pretty difficult to do unless everybody has seen the movie or everybody's read the book. Well, and if you play Dungeons and Dragons, this is a world like Dungeons and Dragons, but it's probably more deadly because it's there's Trollocs and there's evil yeah. things. There's all kinds of so it comes across the same way. Right. I think it is very deadly in the books. You people die very easily, and even in the in the show, they kind of mimic that. Uh, I don't know if third edition was quite the right fit for that kind of action. Also, the because it was a D twenty product they have levels and they have uh, an experience and they, they you go up in levels and it probably get stronger and stuff like that so you become harder and harder to kill i'm not sure that's the best set to use or to try to convey the wheel of time world but if you want i mean the wheel of time uh books are probably still there i know they're all still available on ebay even some resellers like noble noble knight I think he's out of Wisconsin or somewhere in the Midwest. And then there's Wayne's Books. And they're a used bookstore. They specialize in, in games and stuff. So they'll get a copy of the rules and used bookstores. I've seen it at used bookstores and stuff. And, have you? Because you eBay. haven't picked up any extra copies, which you... No, I have not. But I have seen them. And I just, I don't, I mean, it, for a while there before the series, uh, it basically has fallen into that category that that was a game I was never going to get to run or play. Because there wasn't that much interest. I don't know. It's kind of weird because you were really interested in that. So is Kathy and Steve. So uh, I don't know why you didn't. At the time, at the time, oh. they weren't interested. Uh, remember, this is 20 years ago. Literally 20 years ago because it came out 2001. So it's been out of print, obviously. A little bit harder to come by. You just can't go to the store and buy it. So it is difficult to find a little bit. I think you can find it. And probably with the show... Because just the way markets are, they probably raise a lot of people are in demand. There's more demand. The prices go up for these books. Maybe they'll come out with a new edition. Correct. So, Maybe someone will kickstart it. Anybody <laughs> out there, that's an idea well, for you. One is, one is, I don't know who owns the rights to the to publish the game. Whether it's Watsy still, uh, which I doubt. I doubt it. Uh, it's probably Robert Jordan's family would have to, or his wife. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, I, I don't know. I haven't really looked into it. And... Uh, I'm pretty sure that Watsy lost the right to publish that rule set. Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, someone has the rights because they just made a show. Well, there's different rights and stuff like that are totally different, right? You can have the rights to the show, but you can't publish something in another media. It's crazy. Those kind of contracts are crazy. To digress, but there is like, like for example, what is it? Uh, I forget what, what show it. Okay, let's say Firefly. Remember Firefly? Serenity, the, the RPG. Now, Serenity, they said you could make the role-playing game, but it's based on the movie. You can't use any images or anything that's in the show because that's about, that was held by a different license holder or something like that. That's crazy, right? So that's kind of weird. All the, scene, all the pictures and all the stuff is based on the movie, but not the show. So they called it Serenity. Years later, another company gets, the, gets and calls, calls their RPG about that world, Firefly. There you go. So there's, a, there's two sets of, of rule books for... For that world. For 
Firefly world, and one of them is called Serenity because that's the rights that they got, and the other one's called Firefly. And I'm sure all the brown coats already know that and right. already brown have them. <laughs> so we're not talking about the about Firefly. We're talking about the Wheel of Time. So I think the Wheel of Time in this instance, I don't know if there's enough interest for an RPG because I'm not sure if people who watch the show will naturally translate into a, a RPG. But there is more interest because. It is a hugely, hugely, it is a very uh, popular, popular show. I think it's the number one stream show in the last five weeks or whatever, two, seven weeks. Well, at the time of this recording, well, the eighth and final episode of the season is going to drop this Friday. Yeah. And, and it looks like uh, we, you know, there's, there's uh, just to get into the, into the weeds, people who have read the books and love the books are a fan of the books. Some people just hate the show because it's just too different than what they envisioned or how they would put the story out. Well, that's hard because yes, I, and, and I had told Saul, I go, oh, when I knew the show was going to come out, I go, I'm going to read it again because I don't think I've read uh, the Brandon Sanderson novels yet because they're just big and it had been a while since I read it. So I go, I'll read it again and before the show comes out. So I got through the first couple books before the show came out. And um, because I just started like a couple of weeks before. Right. But I go, oh, I'll go on to Facebook and see what the Wheel oh, of Time please. people are, are talking about. Because I hadn't talked, I haven't looked at what they've said for a, a long since, time. Since AOL. Yeah. <laughs> they were a little too fanatical for me. But um, they were nuts. Again, they were <laughs> yeah. like, and as soon as the show came out, I go, don't even look, Saul. They're going to they're gonna give you spoilers. They're going to tell you how horrible it is. And I told him, look, I'm going into this show going, I know this world, I love this world, and I'm interested to see how they're going to portray certain things and what the people are going to look like. And I have no expectations because I didn't want to be disappointed. And I wasn't. I wasn't disappointed at all. They changed stuff and I'm all, oh, that's not the way it is in the books, but that's okay, right? <laughs> at first, I was a little bit more critical, right? I, I saw the, I, and I haven't read the books in 20 years. No, 15. Let's say, let's say 15, just to make Julian happy. And even me, I thought some of the changes were, were glaring. And I'm like, and, I, and it kind of like, at first I was like, man, you know, this guy, uh, I didn't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. And I was nitpicking. But it wasn't like I was like, oh, the show totally sucks. It's just, it's just really different. And it, it was striking to me. And then as, as we watched the second and third episodes, it kind of grew on me. And then the idea that, this is what a lot of people who who are fans of books of and then see the translation of the book into film or a, a TV. They have to let go of the idea that they're going to see a show that they envisioned in their head. Well, that, I think what really got you was you read an article about the person who's creating the show. Right. I forget what his name is. Uh, uh, Rafi Jenkins or something. Did you just make that up? No. Okay. <laughs> Well, I don't know how to pronounce his first name because it's re it's R E F E Raf or R A F E. Anyway, yeah. he actually did read the the books, and because well, yeah. people were saying, "I don't think he's even read the books. How right. can he do this?" And I'm right. like going, "Yeah," and I and I kept telling Saul, "I go, you can't expect it to. They're they're shoving into eight episodes an entire book, plus they're adding in things from other." Other right. ideas, right? Yeah, and the thing is, is that the I even know this is that uh, transliteral uh, showing 
on film or TV show, what happens in the book is not going to happen. It's terrible, right? It's just going to not work. So you have to change it no matter what. Some of the changes I'm like, uh, it kind of left like a bad taste in my mouth. But then I'm like, okay, once you get over the idea that this is not, this is an adaptation of the book. It's like one of those TV movies that says based on true events. Right. Right. Now, it didn't happen exactly <laughs> like this. And they had to dramatize things a little bit and downplay some of the other stuff that happened. So that's the way you got to look at it. You got to look at it in that sense. And it was only after the second or third episode that we watched, but those first three were like, they put them out right away. Yes. But we didn't watch them. We didn't binge watch them. You, you had to dole them out to me. So by the time we watched the third one, I was pretty happy with what they were doing. And, and I had the realization, okay, this is not, this is, they're not filming what I envisioned in my head. There's no way they can because I'm a totally different person than the producer of the show or whatever. So I'm perfectly happy with the show. I'm perfectly happy with the books. And so I had to leave that group, that, that Facebook group. Yeah, he couldn't take it. I couldn't take it because it was just demeaning and arguing. And there was hardly, I mean, there, there's some things you can do to be critical, uh, creative criticism of the show or even the books. But, oh my God, even the books. I want to do that. <laughs> but but it, it just, it, it wasn't that. It was just people were being mean to each other, calling each other names. They were making fun of the, 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 the creator of the show. You know, like you said, they were saying that he hadn't even read the books, which I thought was kind of weird. So I had to investigate a little bit, like, is it true? And so, and sure enough, it's totally not true, right? People were saying that he didn't know how to, he didn't know how to run a show. It was like, it was like an amateur filmmaking class. Even kids and kids, young people uh, or students in, in filmmaking, their first class, they make a better movie than this. And I'm like, well, that's not true because I watched the show and it's done really well. I thought it's done really well. So if they had this, all this talking about how much they hated the show, just imagine playing in it and the GM doesn't play in the game, right? Oh, yeah. The role-playing game and the GM doesn't um, envision the world the same way that you oh, do or yes. see the characters the same way you do. Right. So how in, in the, in the um, Will of Time book, the role-playing game book, yes. How, what are the classes and stuff? Did well, you look there's at all, all that? kinds or? of classes, okay. there's all kinds of archetypes. There's this type of soldier, this type of warder. There's a ace of die, and then they have the different uh, ajas, which are different. Think of them as different sects of the female channelers. You know, they, they they all group themselves according to a color, color, and their color has a primary. Uh, what is it? How would you call it? Reason what they are uh, really invested in, or what they're really interested in. Such as like Moraine Sedai is the is blue Aja and and the blues always have a cause. Right. The yellow Aja they're the healers. Okay. The, the brown, brown Aja are the librarians. Uh, they like so, they will research anything. Right. So 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 you, you get the gist of that. And the red Aja are the ones that hate men and want to well, destroy them. Hate male channelers. Yes. Not men well in general. No, that comes there are across. quite a few that in in the books that don't like men at all. <laughs> So, and not, anyway. not, not like they're gay or anything, like they only like women, but like they, they really, you know, they, they dislike men a lot. They feel like they've, they've ruined the world. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And continue to because they're male channelers. And importantly, the green Aja is the battle Aja. I, I keep thinking the green is the healer, but you're right. And the green Aja is the ones that in the, in the lore were out there leading the battles against the dark armies. Oh, there you go. So let's say, uh, th so somebody out there, I forget, I don't have the link. I, put, I might put in the show notes. I always say I I'll put something in the show notes and then I forget. But somebody had, you could probably just 
You Google it yourself and put in uh, fifth edition Wheel of Time. Fifth edition? Fifth edition Wheel of Time. And somebody has gone ahead and converted the third edition books to fifth edition. And he, it's an open document. And so, homebrew. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, but it's really well done. It looks just like the, the Wheel of Time RPG book. It has that same style. It has the same, the, the pages are colored. The, the, no, there's color on the pages. Not, it's just not a text document. It has pictures and it's really well done. And the thing is, is that he says, well, this is just my interpretation of what the rules would be like. You know, does anybody have any questions? And so people have been giving them creative criticism, right? They're saying, well, I don't, how about if you were to handle this this way and this this way and that way? And I read a little bit. I didn't really go too much into detail, but it looked interesting. And I'm like, well, if this guy can do a wheel of time and he has like, like an 80 something page document, probably a little bit more. And I can only imagine the, the Wizards of the Coast who are a big company if the, or any other company who has, who would want to get into this uh, RPG action with the Wheel of Time popularity. You could go find a D20 version and play that. Uh, that would be probably the easiest thing you could do. You could find this guy's uh, fifth edition rules and use that if you're not too worried about everything being, what is it, uh, working perfectly, right? There's going to be some imbalances. And he admits that some of the stuff is imbalanced because I can't figure out how to balance it. And that is a, a critical pro problem in Dungeons and Dragons because if things are really unbalanced, some characters are going to be more powerful than the others. But that's kind of, in, in the Wheel of Time, that's the way it is. Yeah, that's the way it is. But no, who wants to play Uncle Chuck who is, doesn't, what, what skills does he have to bring to bear? I mean, compared to a warder who is a protector of the Ace of Die and, or an Ace of Die themselves who can channel magic. Or a male channeler who's going to go crazy, but can do some bizwang stuff by, by himself. Or a soldier. I, I, it depends. Like, I would think that a Shannaran soldier who's like a, has a heron mark blade and stuff would be pretty cool. I mean, it, when I read the books, there's all kinds of different. Of course, that's true. It was, but it is like D&D, right? Your player character is going to be a hero unless, oh, okay. unless you're, unless the world is so harsh that you're not going to want to play in it, right? Right, right. Well, uh, you're right. D&D is that way. D&D, the characters are special, right? If they weren't special, they would just stay home and do whatever they would do. Right. right. This is going to be the same thing because people don't, like, why would you leave the two rivers or one of the cities if you weren't going to go on an adventure? And I think the best adventures in this one would be, like, going the a hunt for the horn, like the great hunt or... Right. I'm, I'm thinking of... Uh, we're talking about the rules. Fifth edition would probably fit since they already made a third edition. You could easily port stuff, and then this person's already worked on it. So there you go. But what about other systems out there that would be would I we figure I figure might fit better or be easier to translate into Wheel of Time? So the first one off the top of my head is the Year Zero engine, right? It's super simple rules, right? You can simple expandable rules. You can expand them all you want, add all this stuff you want, depending on how you want to go about it. And the magic system might be a little harder because uh, I haven't seen a magic system in Year Zero Engine. I remember doing it myself when I made my own version of Carnival Row. Character race can have magic, but it was very limited, right? Unlike Ace of Die, who can like do all these whiz bang stuff. So uh, that would be something that you would have to mitigate in the rules. And, and that would be like the hardest thing to integrate, I think. Everything else, I think, would work. You'd probably have to have some sort of sanity mechanic 
if everybody does well, wouldn't you be able to take the magic rules or from the third edition and then kind of tweak them however you wanted i'm talking about year zero engine well you're saying that they don't have a magic a magic oh, system oh, then you could just kind of yeah. i mean if you're making it up i mean or or <laughs> adjusting what you don't like then there you go yeah uh, uh, you're right. Uh, thing about Euro Zero Engine, a lot of most of the char- most of the games, because they are really role play heavy, which I think would be perfect for Wheel of Time, because a lot of people love the role playing aspect of it instead of the, you know, Number I'm going to kill this trolley because he's worth you know, 100 experience or whatever they are. That's not even a thing in Year Zero. You're asked like you know most most of the most of the experience you get is like one. Well, one is what you get, and you get one for every question you say yes to. Like so, murder hobos wouldn't do very good, especially right. since you wouldn't want to loot the body of a trollic, right? Because well, no, it I mean, could they, kill you. They ask questions <laughs> like, uh, "Did you do anything to save your one of your your fellow Friends. fellow people in your party?" Yes. Did you learn something new? Yes. Mm. And and you answer these questions for every yes, you get a point of experience. That's what I'm talking about. Super simple, all the way around. I like the idea of the way they have uh, usually four stats, and each stat has either three or four uh, skills attached to it, and that's it. Uh, so you wouldn't just take the book and, and just use the third edition rules that it has in it? I mean, it's already there. You're saying for people that don't like the third edition correct, rules? Correct. Or a company out there would want to uh, try to take it over. Oh, I see. Of, I, I can see it as a, as a new, like a Kickstarter yes. or someone doing yes. it. But I think if you really want to play it, then I think you could adapt the third edition rules to whatever, you, however you want it. Yeah. I'm just saying, don't, don't change. You don't need to change a whole bunch of stuff for us to play it. No, but people, but people, it's going to be hard. It's a hard, uh, harder RPG to find because it's out of print. Is oh, I see. And I don't, I don't know. I haven't checked the prices on eBay for them, but I mean, the book when I was when I had it before the show, there, it was costing between eighty to one hundred twenty dollars, depending on who you try to buy it from. Those were prices that people wanted, not necessarily what people were getting. So that's always the thing about eBay. People say, "Well, my book is worth two hundred dollars." Well, okay, you can put it on eBay for two hundred dollars, but will it sell for two hundred dollars? I don't know. Other stuff, yes, but not. I don't know about this one. But now I'm sure the prices have gone up. And that's what I'm saying, because people are going to go, oh, I wonder if there's a game for real time. Oh, yeah, there is. I'm going to bid on it. And then people bid it and they go, oh, we can get more money for these books than we were selling them for earlier. So I'm just going through other systems that might work if you want to play in a real time. The next I have is a 2, 2D20 system. I like it because it's a little bit more crunchier. But the only problem is, is that usually every iteration of the, of the 2D20 system usually has a life path system. That means like you either roll or you choose where you're from. You roll and you choose who your father was. You roll and you choose what you got into, you know, what, what your interests are. And there's this, and then by the time you're done making a character, you have this fully fleshed out character. He has, uh, or she has flaws. They have habits. They have all these things. That would be a lot of work to do for a game system to convert wheel of time. But I, I think it would work good. It'd be like a Conan type of thing. Like I said, usually character creation is a kind of a long process. But when, you, when you're done, you have a very unique character, which is pretty cool. That's what I liked about the Wheel of Time. Everybody had like a really different personality. They were all different. So I think that would work. And the system is pretty cool. And there's, you could do magic too. 
the D100 system, BRP, Zweilander, one, you know, one of those systems. I think BRP all around is really easily scalable. You can make a, a grand game or a small game depending on. And what I, grand is by, I mean, are, are, are the heroes like really great heroes of the realm or are these just village farmer people who are just trying to do whatever they're trying to do by protecting their village or whatever? That's what I mean by scalable. Uh, of course, the uh, characters can be very diverse. Uh, but BRP has a lot of tables of, of quirks and, and scars and all the other stuff that you can have when you make a character. I don't like the tables. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think most games now, instead of just rolling, they let you choose. So they give you a lot of options, is what I'm saying. That's what I would want, is to ch is to pick my options, not roll for them. And BRP, there's a lot of games out there. There's, you know, Call of Cthulhu, there's Glorantha and all this other stuff. And what that allows you to do is, if you want, you can Frankenstein, you know, take bits and pieces of other games and make your your Wheel of Time game. I talked about Zweelander before. It's a little bit of a, a, it's a little different than the BRP. It is a D100 system, but they in include power dice, like uh, give you an extra oomph uh, if you're lucky. It's a little crunchier. I think it's crunchier than a basic or a role-playing game. BRP, I'm just going to call it BRP. Uh, it's a little bit more crunchy. There's a little bit more rules added. There's combat can be a little bit more tactical. But Robert Jordan was a tactical kind of guy, right? He yes, kinda, he was. He liked uh, he liked uh, his battle scenes. He liked the way people, uh, his generals and stuff would would be tactical. Or some of them, I remember some horse lord from somewhere was he thought he could save uh, any battle or was it he can he win every it. battle if he with a good horse charge. <laughs> But that, but, but that was the that was the beauty of it because he described all of it so right. so it was very there were a lot of different viewpoints okay so my eyes are starting to yeah, glaze okay. over so who's who's gonna make it this game and what system would you use uh i don't know but I, he's excited to find out when it comes along yeah i would i am really excited to see if anybody moves on this property right on this and if they don't property. then there's already right. the game that you right. could and somebody else has already done a homebrew and is published, or yeah. not published, but has put it out there. Yeah. So I think uh, if you want to play right now, there's a way of doing it, right? You can, and I'm not sure. Did the, you check on, um, is there a PDF of it? I don't know. I was, I was just about to check. Can you check on it? No, not right now. <laughs> I don't know. I know Wizards of the Coast opened up a lot of stuff, like old stuff that they had in their library, like even original D&D and first edition stuff and put it on drive through RPG and you can buy the, RP, the, the, the PDF of them. You can buy the PDF of them. But I don't know about intellectual properties such as this because they may not have the rights to it anymore. So if they lost the rights to it, they can't sell the PDF of it. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a lawyer. I just play one on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, Mark, uh, if you ever listen to our show, can you answer that question for me? <laughs> but I'm guessing they can't sell the PDF if they lost the rights to it. Because I know, for example, uh, Margaret Weiss Productions, she had, well, she, because it's a woman uh, in charge. I don't know if she's really in charge of her company, but whoever's in charge of the company, they had Supernatural, they had Battlestar Galactica, they had Smallville, Leverage, and I forget what are the other things, but I know they lost the rights to sell their books like uh, Battlestar Galactica. So I remember at one point they were just flooding the market with their books. Like you, you could, a friend of mine 
who was a distributor, instead of their paying their bills that they owed him, <laughs> they just paid him in books. And so he had a ton of that stuff, uh, of Margaret Weiss production stuff, and he would just sell it like at 10 bucks a piece. This was like years ago. And then, and then as they were saying they were going to lose their license, they lost the license, and now you can't even, you, well, you cannot get it from a retail. Well, I don't know. They, anybody can sell the stuff that they used to have on stock on hand, but they can't sell the PDF, whoever, Margaret Weiss Productions, because they lost the. I'm the just going to say that that may or may not be a problem for people because I know people that find stuff on the internet all the time that oh, you're yeah, not there's, supposed there's, there's to pirate have. pirate stuff, and, and I really, I personally don't do it. I don't think it's right. I think people who do work, should get paid for it and that's just the way i think and i know people out there who are don't have a lot of money don't have a and i understand that that's uh there was a place called the treasure trove or something like that that had all kinds of well, i know nothing about any PDF, of this stuff illegal pds but it was closed down it was shut down and uh they said they were going to come back and i haven't seen them come back yet but i haven't looked either so the wheel of time if you absolutely have to play it now there is a a books there are books out there they're d20 books they're 20 years old they're really nice books uh the well, there's only one there's, there's the core book and then there's, and then a, there's the, the prophecy the, of the dragon yes. adventure and that's the only only one that's put the out only two game books that came out i don't know if there there might be fan ones that you don't have to pay for oh, yeah, there might be i really like the prophecy of the dragon because what happens is you're involved with the whole storyline in the books it kind of follows along but you're not part of the main characters you're just like you're dealing with the, the like the wake of these uh, powerful characters uh making a way tearing across different parts of the world so it's pretty interesting uh i've never run it obviously but i've read a little bit of it i thought it was interesting how they how you you know how they were able to fit the characters into the storyline and actually it made sense to me when i was reading the first the first adventure i go oh yeah because you they talk about what's going on in the book but it's like, it's not in the main area. It's something else. And he, right, he it's off to the side. Right, he might have mentioned it, but he just mentions it. Right, right. right. Like this, this thing happened over there, like this disturbance. Well, and there's so many Pretty good cool. enemies and, and bad things going on. I mean, you got the Children of the Light. You got the Sachin coming in. So there's all kinds of, besides just evil things like Trollocs and Mandrels. For people who haven't read the books or seen the show, those are... They're the bad guys. Well. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> Okay, so uh, like I said, you can find this book uh, if you find it. I think it's a neat book. I think it's, it's very, I mean, not very valuable, but it's very, uh, it's very well done. I mean, when Watsi made this book, it was one of the first books that they put out, and they had high hopes of it being super popular. But uh, I don't think it ever catched on. It just caught on, reason. caught on. What did I say? Catched. Wow. Okay, it is early. We do record at six o'clock in the morning, so something went wrong. Oh. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Amazon lady. All right, well. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul. Angeline. And everybody have a good holiday. Thank you for listening.